0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast, produced by me, Fraser McGrure, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare and Peter Cockhill of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing whether we should listen to Hugh Grant. And unusually, because of lockdown, uh, we're recording this remotely. Peter, uh, what's Hugh Grant been
1: telling us to do? Well, um, Hugh Grant, among other celebrities, there's, there's been a big s- a slew of celebrities being quite critical and vocal about uh, the government's decisions and policies around how to handle uh, COVID-19 uh, and how, how to run the lockdown and things. Um, and particularly the the, the story that, that, uh, that prompted this was Hugh Grant um, uh, described the UK as being fucked and called the Tories bonkers uh, after right. a, a, an interview with Matt Hancock on, on this morning.
0: Right.
1: Um, and it, it just got me thinking. It got me thinking about a number of things. Um, so, I mean, celebrity endorsements and um, celebrity-driven products are a big thing. There's lots of money in it. Um, mm. And I, I just it got me thinking as to why. why. Why is it the case that celebrities have so much apparent power um over consumers and people's opinions um uh yet the the, the like hugh grant he's not a politician uh, he's not a he's not a, bu- a bureaucrat he's not he's not been in government um so what 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 uh what credentials has he got that means that we should listen to to his opinions about what mm. uh about what about what man about anything about anything, how about anything, anything. Unless he's acting anything and acting i mean if he was giving if he's giving advice on how to be an actor totally that makes sense because i think he's quite good he's quite fun well I, um, ooh,
2: I don't know we'll have to discuss that as well like yeah. is a practitioner actually any good at giving you advice about
1: their um, their field of endeavor indeed indeed um so but it got me thinking and it's one of those topics that i i i think that i've noticed a trend in myself a lot, a lot of topics that i like and i sort of pick out are to do with psychology, and I think it's because I don't know anything about humans. I, I really don't understand <laughs> how to talk to humans or how they work. So um, these help. These podcasts help me understand how other people. To, uh, to um, well, approach. we're ha- we're happy to be a service. That's good to know. Um,
0: just by the yeah, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Hugh Grant. I rather like him, and um, I think some of the things he comes out. What is, he said, you know. Also, he's, he can deliver a line right, and he's funny mm. and. Um, I remember him, saying, I know it's not his his quote, but he, he said, you know, about politics, it's, you know, it's showbiz for ugly people, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which I think is quite good. But also, and just, he said, uh, I remember in the same interview, just saying how weird all politicians are. Um, and also one of my favorite ones of his was he talked about the, the Tory government and ministers as a circle of masturbatory free, be- prefects, I think he called. them. So the interesting,
1: uh, anything, anyway.
2: the interesting thing about Hugh Grant, something we noticed when we were looking at a picture of him and Matt Hancock, is that if you saw a picture of Hugh Grant and you saw a picture of Man Han- Matt Hancock and you knew their names, uh, but you didn't know that one was a Tory MP and the other mm. one was a was a celebrity, you definitely think it was the okay. other way around.
1: Hugh really, Grant. Right, Hugh
2: Grant looks like he'd make an absolutely perfect uh, yeah. MP, and of course, he did a very good job playing Jeremy yeah. Thorpe in yeah. a very British yeah. scandal. Yeah. Um, that, does any- that mean he knows about politics?
0: Uh, discuss. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, okay. So I mean, just just as a, as a quick defence of of, of of actors and well-known people, I guess you know all of us are entitled to have an opinion, and you know, just because we're not a politician doesn't mean we can't have an opinion on on politics. Uh, but I guess you know why you know people should be quoting me right or joe blogs in the street yeah, are you
2: are you less likely to be right about stuff or uh to be listened to ought you to be listened to any less or more than an actor
0: yeah yeah so there we go That's, that is our topic of discussion um so we've set it out yeah kick off either peter or nick what do you what do you reckon well i, I thought i
1: might lay out lay the case uh for yep. celebrity endorsement ah okay brilliant yeah. um uh, because it, it, they they work uh, is a is a bottom line, um, and they've got an interesting long history. So uh, the earliest reference I can find uh, is back in 1760s. Um, J- uh, Josiah uh, Josiah Wedgwood um, somehow got royal endorsements for his products for his pottery, hmm. um, which was apparently instrumental in their uptake and them being becoming fashionable. Hmm. Um, but they, there's lots and lots of studies, as you, as you can imagine, marketing and uh, advertising, big business, um, lots of money spent on it and lots of money in research, making it making it more effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of studies that this is, it seems to suggest that uh, celebrity endorsements can improve sales um, on on products and services um, and particularly where a celebrity is sort of known for doing something related to so a good example would be George Clooney a long history of 10 years of being in ER uh, had a slew of uh, adverts to do with health care and insurance oh, and I didn't know that
0: okay yeah. I so, thought it was
1: just so coffee but anyway go on yeah Especially so he'd
0: coffee in ER as well
1: well he's sort of he's progressed beyond ER to now he's like he's like a sort of successful early retiree so he's got plenty of time to drink coffee so if he was coffee. a good
2: enough method actor
1: he'd have actually got a medical degree <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you think, yeah, um, but yeah, so but it works. So um, uh, uh, there's there's lots of evidence um, to suggest that get a celebrity on your advert and you'll improve your sales. So they, they, and they seem to be, and, and therefore they seem to be worth the worth the return on the investment.
2: Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure that's really in much doubt. I think I think what we're saying is, is is it right that that works? I mean, it all. Ought we to listen to celebrities? Hmm. Ought we to trust what they say? Quite apart from, let's assume that you know when they're being paid, we should put no, absolutely no store whatsoever into what they're saying. I mean, any more than you would anyone else who is paid to say something. Put put Um, my
1: hard nosed marketer's hat on. I don't mm. care why it works or if it should work. All I want to do is get more units out the door. I've so, never seen, I've literally never seen Peter wear this hard-nosed marketer's hat.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> um, I just, just,
1: just, just pulled it out of the wardrobe.
0: Um, oh, look, he's got it there just now. He's
1: wearing it right now, Nick. Yeah. It's, oh, a, it's, it's a nice. pinstripe
0: trilby. It's a yeah.
1: <laughs> Good choice, but, sir. But yeah, whether or not that's kind of morally repugnant in some way is a, is, is is an interesting question. And also, But I also like to explore why why it's the case why why is it that um some kind of familiarity with a person makes you more likely to 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 behave in a certain way with things that they are endorsing or or or, uh, uh, admonishing
0: okay so i think there's two things here um which is first of all celebrity endorsements um versus having a celebrity sitting on question time talking about stuff i think that's two very different things right um because in, in one of them they're flogging stuff um and uh, yeah like like you say I think it's really you can really understand why that works. well it makes sense that they do that and we can see that it does work and I think you're right' it's an, it, maybe it's an interesting question about why it does work um you know what influences our decisions as to buy stuff right um and then yeah maybe we can explore that and then talk about um uh, and then move on to like should they be telling us about whether interest rate should go up or down that kind of thing
2: yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's more or less what I looked at. So, I mean, I was kind of looking at the question of what the, what the hypothesis is, I think, that we want to test is that does accomplishment in one field translate to accomplishments in another field, right? So, I mean, on one hand, you might say, well, a chef, a successful chef mm. might talk about how to run a business, um, and, I, and I would think, well, that's actually probably going to be quite useful. Now, he might mm. only be telling me about how to run restaurants. Mm. Um, certainly, if he's going to tell me how to cook an egg, I'll listen to him. But mm. it's also true that someone who's a successful chef will know about a whole load of other stuff. And it might be useful to listen to the, what they think about how to run a business and to take their advice. Mm. Um, but they, they uh, won't and necessarily.
1: They'll, and they'll certainly have a, a, a view on a particular type of business. Um which you may not be aware of. And so and the, more, the more kind of models you can have of different types of businesses, the more you've got to go on when you're designing or, or running your own business.
2: Yeah. So, um, and, and so there's a question of how do we judge whether or not one person's accomplishment can translate into another field? in some way and and then you know when we think about that question we might be able to apply it to to sort of acting and politics is there some overlap that means that you know being a good actor gives you an insight into politics um that's that's one or actually in this case really it's epidemiology does does being a good actor make you a good epidemiologist that's kind of because that's what hugh grant was talking about so there's the question of okay well what for What's 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 the word Epidemiology was about how, how he was talking about the government's mismanagement of covid. And, okay. and suggesting that you know they're, they're they're doing it wrong. Um so uh so there's this question of like how we work that out for a given pair of professions say. Um and the sort of two hypotheses would be one end no there's no overlap uh being good in one field really gives you no insight versus well actually they're both both of those fields are being driven by some fundamental um fundamental set of skills and and so you know there's there's that question of how we how we make that judgment um Uh, there's also something a slightly different question which I think applies across the board which is um, accomplishment is not the same as so being good at something is not the same actually as understanding it necessarily Um, so this comes down to this question of sort of uh, expertise in terms of being a practitioner versus expertise in being able to to form correct beliefs about something so for example a really good golfer might still be hopeless at Giving you advice about how to play golf. Likewise, a politician might be good at being a politician, but bad at talking about politics and bad at making forecasts. And and so there's the question of well, even if even if acting and politics were very closely related, does that mean that Hugh Grant, a good actor, is going to make a good pundit? And so mm. that there's there's they're the two dimensions really. So how how do you judge overlap between two separate professions? And then yeah. secondly, what's the overlap between expertise and belief and being correct about stuff
1: and there's certainly a very key distinction between government between making sensible good policies and selling those policies so the 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 politicians are there to try and get a policy enacted but they're not designing the policies the civil it's the civil servants and the government technocrats who design the policies um the politician's job is just to try to sell it, and get it and get it through the house.
0: Just one thing, though. I mean, I don't think I think you could argue that someone like Hugh Grant in this case. I don't think he's necessarily saying that um, he's an expert, and when, and he's not saying that he should be in government. He's not saying that he should be making policy. Um, I think he's just merely pointing out that um, things that he doesn't think are, are correct um yeah he's par-
2: the, parroting the views of his enlightened north london friends no doubt but I, <laughs> I, I mean judging by my facebook feed at the moment it sounds pretty much <laughs> yeah. like most of the people i know what they're saying so um which is on here, actually actually north london
0: people are quite lefty so and no, I'm not that's sure what i mean lefty. this
2: is well this is well the, i don't think he
0: that lefty but i mean you know, he went to a private school at oxford and all that i mean he he might he might be
1: Oh, wait, we're going, yeah. going down a rabbit yeah, hole. We are. Here, we're now I mean, did, we're
2: discussing Hugh Grant's. Yeah, yeah. I no, no, listen... don't know what we're talking We don't know enough about Hugh Grant. <laughs> but, <laughs> um... Yeah, look, anyway, this question of, like, transferability of skills, that's something mm. I was trying to think about. And mm. um, there's actually really bugger all data out there because collecting collecting data would require some longitudinal analysis and some measurement of things that are quite hard to measure. Um, so, you know, you, what, I, what I was interested in, for example, is there a sort of data set you can point to? We can say, well, I know this guy's a physicist. Would he make a good lawyer? How would I, could I Could I just look at the kind of skills profile of a mm. physicist? And work out whether or not they they were the same sorts of skills that would make you a good lawyer.
0: Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not surprised there's no research. I was would, would have thought there's very little research out there. No, so, them, so.
2: And I, I think that's yeah. But I mean, of course, as always, when there's when there's a lack of any data, there's 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 opinions rush in to fill the gap. And there's tons of stuff out there about okay, what are transferable skills? So you know, and they're they're all quite plausible. I mean, the things that people say are transferable skills are things like you know teamwork and leadership. Uh, time management, um, listening and communication, those kinds of things, which which are going to whatever you're doing, they're going to be things that are going to be useful. Likewise, things like, um, you know, conscientiousness and and intelligence, I mean, they're things that, you know, you, so you what you what you can definitely what you should plausibly be able to do is say this person has accomplished a lot in field A that's probably evidence that they have some set of these fundamental skills, right, without which you can't really do anything at all. Um, and and so maybe, you know, maybe maybe that works. You could say, well, um, actually being good in politics requires a certain set of skills, like, you know, being, being conscientious, f- finding out about things in short bursts, mugging up on stuff, being good at interacting with people, understanding humans, there's actually a whole bunch of those things probably true of actors as well. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe that's plausible. But um, but I did. So what I tried to do is have a look at, um, you know, a few professions to look at where tra- which ones were sort of transferable and which ones weren't. Again, it came up against a real lack of any information here. But I looked at physics graduates and where they end up. And mm-hmm. um, uh, actually, it's pretty clustered. You know, if you've done physics, you're, you're the most likely thing you'll end up doing is teaching physics, and then then the next thing you'll probably be doing is working in finance or in in science in some way. And then there's a long tail of sort of physicists who've ended up doing stuff like you know, working in the media. Um, but you know, yeah, if you study physics and get good at physics, you're you're probably going to be doing something related to physics. And then um, lawyers, it probably won't surprise you that people who study law, uh, the majority of them end up working in in legal pr- professions. So. It's just on that sort of measure that looking at these sort of specialised degrees like physics, like law, and one can Mm. assume like drama, perhaps, Mm. uh, you know, when you if you're studying one of these sort of specialised topics, uh, you're probably going to end up doing that thing. Mm. Uh, So what? Whereas, you know, if it was really transferable, if these sorts of skills were super transferable, then you would expect to find those people just randomly distributed. Yeah, all over the, the extreme place, yeah. other end of the spectrum, and um, and so I did. I mean, I've only found a couple of bits of data about you know correlation between uh, the things you uh, so the sort of broad subject area. So things like were you studying arts, were you studying engineering, you know, were you studying medicine, and where you kind of end up. Yeah, and in fact even then it's not there isn't a sort of clear there's no clear patterns so um yeah so I think with basically what I'm saying is data is is not there really so we're going to have to rely on intuition making stuff Brilliant. up
0: that's my yeah. favorite that's my yeah. favorite <laughs> method of analysis yeah
2: <laughs> um so I think I mean so my, I did, but I did I did uh, well I do not know before we move on to like trying to answer the question which i've I've had a go at okay. of of <laughs> is what's the is there a skills overlap between acting and mm. politics i have tried i've had a go at that right and i can explain my methodology but before we do that is there anything else that people you know wanted to because i think peter's looked at this from a slightly different angle yeah Peter-
1: well yeah not really i was I was gonna what i was gonna do uh, is try to proffer a, a the, a the, an explanation as to why you ha- you you might um fall foul of uh the, the celebrity endorsement as a thing to empower our listeners to um th- be conscious of, to resist to, to resist it well to, to be at least aware of this potentially happening and and why it's happening mm. um and the, the 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 sort of my favorite theory that I've found so far is that being having evolved into social creatures as we have mm. um we it' it's been crucial for us to be able to um remember people remember remember other individuals both friendly and, and and unfriendly um in order to for survival um, so we 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 have developed and evolved machinery in our brains which are extremely good at recognizing people um, and uh, remembering who they are and remembering whether or not we like them um, the problem is that machinery doesn't really work in the modern world where we get bombarded with images and video of people that we've never met and have got nothing to do with called, you know, the celebrities out there. Um, but we, our brains don't know that they don't know that we don't know them. Uh, and the brain, the, our brains treat them as if they're the, the friendly people, the people we like on telly, uh, as if they're sort of members of our family or our friends. So we're more likely to, to, um, go along with what they are suggesting i.e., they're at their 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 are celebrity endorsements.
0: but it's more than that i mean i think you're right um but it's because also it's not just that they're they're our friends they're our best friends in as in, in and by best i mean they're the best looking they're the mm-hmm. funniest yeah um they're the richest um and everyone everyone knows them everyone likes to be friends with them yeah so that yeah. That, that that's why you know so that's why you know I, when I want to buy this T-shirt, yeah, I might buy sort of, I might sort of see Nick or Peter. I know it sounds unlikely. Um, I'm wearing a really nice T-shirt and, you know, that might influence my decision. But if I see my best mate, Yeah, Bazley, not buy that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. If I see my best, best mate, who's everyone's best mate and everyone loves him, Hugh Grant, um, wearing this T-shirt, boom! I definitely want that. So I think that's that's the power they have. They're the best person, mm. you know. Yeah, in they are they're,
1: de- they're definitely selected for um, uh, for for their aesthetics as well. As yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, it's it's getting I, I slightly well. Let's get let's get slightly off topic, but this question about uh, why you're high status if you're an actor, which is quite an interesting one. It's one of those um, professions which sort of shortcuts. Uh, what would normally be considered a fairly low status kind of profession um, in in that it doesn't it doesn't re- require a vast amount. I mean, I'm not doing down acting here. I know it's uh, skilled, but it's a skilled, almost a skilled manual job. Really, it's it's not you know, it's being able to read, read things uh, convincingly. Um, and uh, it, it's not like hugely creative. It doesn't. It's not doesn't doesn't demand by itself, you know, a huge amount of cognitive ability. Um, I, but it's one of those things which is a bit like being a musician. Again, it's a sort of craft. Um, and mostly, uh, mm. people who do crafts are not high status. But cr- crafts which happen to thrust you in front of a large number of people make you high status by default. And I think that's, that's what's, that's why sort of actors and musicians who, you know, are, are, they are just sort of craftspeople, um, nevertheless are listened to in a way that is superficially quite puzzling, you know? Uh, uh, So particularly, I mean, you can make an argument that actors, well, they've got a kind of insight into human nature in some way. I don't know if it's true, but you can make the argument, but you can't really do that with the, you know, the front man of a band, for example, like Mm. they're just good at playing music. And yet, their views and opinions are still considered worth listening to you know people want to read interviews with Morrissey and uh, Tom York don't they I mean there's more
0: than that though it's because um I mean you're a musician Nick and I am a little bit and something I've noticed is that just because you can play the piano let's say people like you it's really weird um, you know if you, if you sit been, down it hasn't been that's the only reason
1: route to success <laughs> that, that's the say. only reason people like nick actually yeah <laughs> um
2: yeah it's open doors all over the world that has yeah. yeah it does it does
0: though you know i people mean people, waiting for that
2: invitation to the white house you know yeah
0: to, um but people kind of almost inexplicably and i think it's a kind of a, I think it's a mixture of rarity or or, or not rarity but you know, it's a it's a skill that I mean, pretty much anyone can go out there and be a salesperson, for example. You might not be very good at it, but they can they can go and do it. If you, there's a low barrier to entry, but even just playing the piano just for recreational purposes, there is there is a barrier to do that, and a, a lot of people just cannot do it. And so I think it's a mixture of that sort of you know that rarity, that barrier, but also is the emotional side of things of of, of if you're a reasonable pianist or guitarist, whatever it might be, or actor. Is that elicits emotions in people, which means that they like you. Um and it's a really quick you know, they don't have to know anything about you other than than that, and they will like you. And so that's and, and if people will like you, then they you know, they might buy they might buy shoes that you endorse or something like that. Um so I think I think that that's only what's going on until here. Until they've
2: seen the kind of shoes I wear,
0: and then <laughs> then that goes out the window. Uh, yeah. Um sorry, so look, I think we've digressed slightly because there was something you were gonna get on to, Nick. What was it? Well, yeah, so
2: actors, v politicians, right? Is there a similarity in some way? Mm. And, and um, I have looked at the biogs and specifically the sort of educational background of people who went yeah. into acting and people who went into politics just to see if there's an overlap and uh, very briefly, no, the answer is oh. no. Um, yeah. So uh, I looked at now, this is going to be serious selection bias. I don't have a data set. I had to sort of cobble my own together. Just looking at the top 10 uh, actors and actresses who have been nominated for Oscars. So the people who've been who've won the most Oscars, okay. right? Okay. So the top 10 of them. Um, and then the last 10 prime ministers of the UK. So I looked at those. And what's their background? Mm. Well, looking at the actors, right? So you have um, 40% so four out of 10, four out of 10 of them um studied drama so that Meryl Streep um Ingrid Bergman Daniel Day-Lewis and Betty Davis okay uh 40 four, four out of 10 of them did actually did something military which is interesting Jack Nicholson um uh Spencer Tracy Marlon Brando and um uh yeah Jack Jack Lemmon stu- actually went to Harvard but he studied war service sciences so I don't really know what that is but uh okay. and then then one person was an engineer which was uh, Walter Brennan and uh, only one of them has a sort of proper degree, which is uh, Catherine Hepburn. who did uh, history and philosophy. Good so, Lord. so, so you've got basically skewed towards drama and like military, weirdly. Then looking at the prime ministers, well, it won't surprise you that basically, to a first approximation, they did PPE at Oxford. Well, so, hold on,
0: just just before you go ahead, there, I'm yeah. slightly surprised by your selection because why not go with U.S. presidents that would seem to be closer? But anyway. Um, carry on with your with your
2: i'd be, be surprised i would be surprised if it was drastically different with the exception that i would expect possibly some military service people in uh u.s presidents but uh honestly just because i could i could just recall it it was a kind sure, of sure, oh, sure, oh, sure. probably should have done but Fair it, i mean but anyway so the um The people who uh, so the prime ministers basically did uh, they they basically went to Oxford uh, with the exception of John Major and Jim Callaghan out of the last ten and Mm. Gordon Brown. So they didn't get a degree. And Gordon Brown did went to Edinburgh to study history. So politicians in this country, let's say, have a academic background um, by large, whereas uh, actors really by and large, definitely don't. They they went to drama school by default. then I thought, well, actually, well, let's see if there's any actors and politicians who've done, who've both done the both. So, how, are there any MPs who are actors? And actually, over oh. the last hundred and fifty years, Glen.
0: Glen Watford, but anyway, keep going. Uh, Glenda, been, rather, there've been
2: twelve, or thirteen, Oof. actually, not a lot, is that? Well, actors years. who were also MPs. No, and I, and I must say, I've not really heard of many of them. Tracy Brabin rings a bell. Um, as you say, Glenda Jackson, the MP for Hampstead and Highgate, um, and later Hampstead and Kilburn for the last nearly 30 years, um, uh, and and the rest, um, I, I threw I ruled out people who were just candidates, anyone could do that, so this has had to be people who'd successfully become MPs, um. Uh, Yeah. So, so they, not many. And in fact, you know, if you, if if, just making various assumptions about how many people have been MPs and how many people have been actors and the probability of being both uh, there's that's about what you'd expect if it was sort of randomly distributed. So, so I, yeah. So I, I, but what I'm saying is acting and politics, don't really have much of an overlap in terms I mean, we- of backgrounds in terms of actual empirical data you know there aren't really surprisingly large number of people who do both i which surprised me i actually i thought well one of the things you could do if you're an actor is go and be an mp because mm. you're pretty, quite good at standing up in front of people and being plausible yeah but that doesn't
0: seem to have happened
2: at least not in this country
0: yeah, look. look I we, we need we need to kind of round this off. I want to come back to Peter, but I think there's all, just before we do, there's there's a couple of interesting ways. I think interesting ways you could flip this around, and like how good are MPs? Uh, or how good are sorry, are politicians are acting. And there's been various cases of them doing that um tony blair was did a brilliant um bit of acting in um was it the Catherine tate show um who was he was almost scarily a little bit too good at acting um but also ronald Ronald reagan i don't know if you've heard of that guy but he was quite (laughs) a famous
2: actor yeah yeah Yeah.
0: um and also the other thing is 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 is, you know should we listen to actors we if we narrow it down to politics should we listen to actors about politics but also should we listen to politicians about politics i don't know um but um pete well, there's a question i want to come up onto i've got a fun little question um but bef- we need to round this off peter any last words
1: uh, not really no but i did find a fun article when i was doing some reading about this um there's there's been a few of these sorts of articles but the the, the most evocative title was 24 times celebrities have been completely unrelatable during quarantine um, <laughs> 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 uh, and it's sort of um and this was particularly fun we'll link to it in the description this is particularly fun because there's been they they, they include some of the, the best retorts that just joe public has come back with but it includes oh. things like um uh drake showing off his nba regulation size private indoor basketball court uh <laughs> justin bieber and kendall jenner self-reflecting about privilege um yeah. just uh, just funny you know just just it's you know, quite fun
0: I, I like the sound of that i'll definitely be looking
1: yeah. at that um look just
0: really um quick slightly banal question um i don't know if we came to any conclusion on that i think we did yeah don't listen to actors i think was our conclusion. well don't i mean get pay them the same amount of credence as you would
2: anyone else
0: yeah exactly
2: as peter says it's going to be hard to switch off your reptilian brain
0: Mm, when you think oh my best mate hugh grant has just said that (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly um so uh, think about hugh grant quick question um i mean i I really like hugh grant um what's your favorite hugh grant film simple as that um i need to look it up because i've got two probably
2: you always have two answers to the things you only give us one answer for.
0: <laughs> well, you can have two as well if you want. You can you can bend those rules as well. Well, look, I tell you
2: what. Mm. All right, I think one of his probably very earliest films, which mm. is the Lair of the White Worm.
0: Oh, I'm not familiar with that.
2: Well, I, it's a. I mean, it's by Ken Russell, so it's obviously uh, weird. I mean, it's it's a super weird film. Mm. It's about a. It's hard to say what it's about but it's about a sort of s- small uh village and a kind of s- strange um uh s- strange kind of mythical monster that may- possibly lives nearby and uh okay. there's a lot of dream dream sequences and and um and it has amanda donohoe being incredibly mm. sexy in it mm. um uh there's a very famous oh, like scene yeah. where she seduces a boy scout but all is not it seems.
0: Um, I know this film. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's
2: um, uh, I'm just mentioning that because it's a bit non mainstream. I have to say, it probably isn't my favorite, but I just, I think I wanted to come up with an answer that wasn't all of the other ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, Peter. Uh,
1: I liked him in sense and sensibility, the 1995 um, period drama uh, adaptation. Is that the one with, um, with uh, um... it's Emma, Emma Thompson. Um, oh, it's no, it's fantastic that. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's up good. there. It's up there with Pride and Prejudice, the the, B, the original BBC Pride and Prejudice. Um, yeah. But he plays Edward Ferrars, who's is a put. It's the ideal role for Hugh Grant. Is mm. he, he's sort of well spoken, educated, but slightly stupid, bumbling, um, yeah. posh boy who who can't say what he means, and he, he's desperately in love with this woman, and he can't he can't just say that. Um, yeah. it's, it's the perfect role for the Hugh Grant trope yeah yeah um i think my favorite I, I guess whether it's performances
0: or films but it just performances i do think he is marvelous in four weddings and a funeral um and he's great as well um in the second um paddington bear film um all was quite a sort of self-knowing um um performance there as, a, as an aging actor but actually my favorite film i mean i think i'm doing a bit of a nick here but my favorite film with him is uh, is sirens um, where he plays a, a vicar, a sort of turn of the century, previous century, there or thereabouts in Australia. Um, are you familiar with this film? Yeah, it's, it's about that real a real guy. Uh, I don't it's think about so. An artist who was real. Yeah, it, I, actually, you know, you're right. I think yeah, I think the artist was real because Sam Neill plays the artist. But best of all, you've got um, Elle McPherson running around with not much on, and. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort of definitely up there with my films that I, that I like with Hugh Grant. And-
1: well, actually, I, one, sorry, one more. I, I, yeah, go for it. Um, Cloud Atlas. It, it, not nearly as good as the book, I'm told. I've never read the book. Um, but I, I really like that movie. Uh, and he, the roles he plays in that. So all the all the actors play multiple roles, because the idea is that these people sort of reoccur during history. But the roles he plays in that are very serious ones. And he demonstrates his his diverse range range as an actor, being able to do very serious, quite dark characters in that movie. I think we're all
0: fully-fledged members of the Hugh Grant Fam Club. I, I look forward to his latest pronouncements on um, on politics and COVID nineteen in the UK. Um, okay, um, I, I, think he, I think I think
1: he should run for prime minister. I, 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 yeah, do you know he,
0: he would he, he, he could he could get it? Yeah,
2: um, he, he's now he's played he actually was the prime minister, wasn't he in, uh, in Love, Love actually, actually or something? Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or is it about a boy? I get those two films. No, so it's Love Actually. Okay, Love
0: Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, look, let's wrap up there. Thank you as always for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Nick Hare and Peter Cockill of Aleph Insights. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>